Hi, this is Ray Duckler, and today we're going to be speaking to Desiree McLaughlin, who is a Franklin resident and business owner who is in the perfect uh, position to speak to us about the homeless problem in Franklin. She runs or owns a 24-hour business, a laundromat, right downtown Franklin near where a lot of these problems are. So she just um, naturally has thrown herself into the homeless problem there. Hi. 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 Thank you for having me. Yes. So let's start out by just addressing in general the homeless problem in Franklin. How would you summarize and put that into context? Well, um, I can say that the homeless problem in Franklin is growing. It has grown significantly in the last 13 years since we opened the business. Uh, the laundromat. The laundromat, which is a 24-hour laundromat. I have contact with many of the homeless. Sometimes I see them daily, weekly, or monthly. The homeless in the winter, and even in the summer, would like to use our laundromat as a homeless shelter, a, a place to seek refuge against the elements, uh, which I can't allow because this is a family business. You have a business to Yes, run. and it wouldn't be conducive to the family atmosphere that we foster for our customers. It would not. For well, these people, the homeless people are at times during the winter, I guess especially, going in there for warmth at midnight, one, two in the morning. I would have to say um, they will pop in and out. Pop in pop in like because we have a table set up for oh I would have to say a significant portion of the Franklin residents will leave warm clothing gloves hats um, any, any any donations food at this one table um, and we encourage people to come and use it just even even moms you know it's a, a lower income area right, um, it's right. it's it's Helping out the homeless help. and the lower socioeconomic. It's a great swap table. If your kid family. grew out of his jeans and then... I may be, go there soon. Exactly, you may. I can get some jeans. <laughs> You'd be welcome. I but would. they pop in here and there. They'll grab a jacket. But then usually about 1 o'clock is when you notice, 1, one thirty in the morning is when you notice people are cold. They have no options. Everything is now closed. Uh, and they're coming. They try to be, you know, low profile, sit in a, in a booth and and try not to be noticed, uh, but I can't have that. Um, sometimes they are a little more aggressive. Can they have money? Can they use your phone? Uh, can they, what they're doing is they need their needs met, but they, there's no one, <laughs> there's well, only my customers there to meet their needs. Late at night when this happens, if there is a complaint, where, where do you live in comparison live to the laundromat? I live directly upstairs. So you get a lot of calls and about, hello, Desiree, we need you down here, or, yes, or what happens? I have a night man, uh, and he will contact me <clears throat> because I have told him, do not just throw somebody out uh, because if they're in need of services, I can at least give them information. So he will contact me, and I will come downstairs. My commute is about 30 seconds. <laughs> I am always at the ready. Uh, and I will tell you, in the last two weeks, I have been called many times. Uh, it can be exhausting. Let's go over those two anecdotes, because you, did t you, you briefed me on them. I think, number one, it's, it's important to point out that you have an option here to tell the night manager to just get rid of them. i got to get some sleep. You've chosen not to do that. Right. Uh, I, I tell you, I don't know if I would. <laughs> I think I might say, get them out. I got to get some sleep. Well, you know, the first when we first opened and we had issues like this, the needs were urgent, but not this urgent. It wasn't such a, 
a plague on the city. Um, it, well, how long ago? How long ago you took? What's the time frame? I would frame? say uh, since 2016 and 17 is that the the problem has really started heating up because you have not just homelessness but homelessness and addiction, um, and they don't always go hand in hand. But in in this in my experience, maybe not everywhere else in Franklin, but in my experience, yes. they are going hand in hand. Um, and of course, we have a nationwide opioid crisis here, uh, and that is that is coming into play. So generally around 1.30 a.m., I get the phone call, uh, somebody's, somebody is here, they won't, either won't leave or they, um, you know, annoying, I, uh, bothering customers, maybe. Right. Um, I, he, he's great, great watchdog to say, you know, somebody, some th- something is brewing here. You might want to come down, and I do, and I and I I do it now. I come down instead. I, I have the option to have them let let them you know tell them to leave, but after one time, uh, probably in about 2016, when I I put I had to. <laughs> removed two individuals who were using they weren't using drugs in the laundromat but they were they had a small baby an infant and I had to make them leave because they were out of control and and I didn't know what to do because they have an infant in a stroller and it is one o'clock in the morning and it is December and I'm saying what this is unethical I I can't in good conscience do this uh, and that's when it really started it really started to. Bother. I don't know how you figure out a solution to that. That's I, I, that's just backing you into a corner. I don't know how you figure it out. Recently, you've had a couple of examples. I'll go over those late night yeah. uh, scenarios. Sure. Um, so it's funny because these two scenarios, uh, same same people involved. We have homeless and we have me uh, in the laundromat. Those, are, but completely different outcomes. So the first one I had um, on Saturday, the twenty sixth. A homeless man entered the laundromat about 1.30 in the morning. I I called the police uh, because he was uh, um, not a little older than me, um, not violent, uh, a, a nice man. Uh, and I, I he was looking to get to, uh, for transportation, get to some sort of services. The police refused my request and they advised me to turn him out on the street. Um, but they did mention the 211 hotline, and that was because they had similar, they had a call from him the night before um, because he was looking for services. He was obviously, there was an incident at the emergency room because he couldn't, um, he needed services and no one could provide So this them. is a guy who um, is not looking for trouble. He's looking for help. Not looking He's looking for, for, for a bed. Uh, I don't want to bother anybody, but I don't have anywhere to go. Exactly. What are you going to do? What What's he going to do? So he goes into um, your business the next yes. night after after an incident. Yes. Um, I sat down with him, and I called two one one on my phone, and I spoke with the operator there, and he was really nice, and he said, "She's you know the outreach officers they they're done at five. I said, "Who can I call?" He gave me a list of shelters. I wrote them all down, and we started calling them one by one. Uh, we reached the McKenna House at two in the morning. At two in the morning, I reached the McKenna House, uh, it, which is in Concord. Their voicemail, which gave the emergency winter shelter number, I called the emergency winter shelter. I got this wonderful young man on the phone. He was great, and he said, "I have no beds right now. We close at nine. I said, "Listen, 
he's he's a this is just an, a, a man who needs help. He spoke with the man on my phone. He said, if you can get down here, I can get you in a bed. And then tomorrow, it's only until 7 a.m., but tomorrow you can go to our other program and interview and start to get into our program and perhaps we can solve this homelessness issue with you. It was it was perfect. It's just what the system's supposed to do. You call 211, then you get in touch with someone else. It's just how it's supposed to work. So like, all he needs to do is get there, right? All he needs is a ride. Aha. Uh-huh. Now, I have a child upstairs in my apartment and a, a, bill, a business that obviously I'm actively managing uh, because someone else could walk in. I can't drive, and it's just not responsible to get into the car, and as nice as this man is, at 2 o'clock in the morning uh, and drive him to Concord where there is a bed waiting. Um, the police had already said they were not willing to transport him anywhere. It was. I started calling cab companies. Nobody's answering. It, 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 at this point, it's two thirty in the morning. He's he actually has a route that he can go to starting around four, three or four in the morning of open businesses in the area. And by the time we were done, and he was unsuccessful, he was actually in a good mood because he said, "Thank you for helping me. It was nice that you took the time to help me." And now places are open. <laughs> so I can start my route. Right. And that is what he did. And he left in a great, great frame of mind. I was really stunned. You're a wonderful person. You know, there's, there's conflicting Let's just reports. get that on the record. She <laughs> is you. a wonderful is a wonderful person. <laughs> conflicting reports. This report here says she's wonderful. Second incident was a little bit more confrontational. Totally different. Uh, here, yeah. here we go. We yep. have a homeless man uh, coming in. Uh, and it was about one... 30 in the morning. That seems like the witching hour. That is. That's what I call it, the witching hour. There you go, witching hour. So, um, same thing. I get a phone call from my night guy. He says, you know, I've got a guy down here, and he's really pestering someone for their cell phone, one of our our customers. And I I immediately came down again, and I said, hey, what's going on? And he was actively, actively pestering someone. Um, He left, came back. I spoke with the customer he came back in. It was in and out. Um, had a lot of energy. The homeless person the homeless was man come, going in and out? Going in and okay, out. Okay. Um, yep. So he had a little box of food, a little white cardboard box of food. And I said, you know, I was asking him to leave because he was very confrontational. And there was no helping. He didn't want help. He, he wanted things. Right. Um, so I said, is this your box of food? He goes, yes, the Franklin Police Department gave that to me earlier this evening when they let me go. I said, oh, lovely. Um, <laughs> lovely. Okay. So I asked him if he wanted it, and he said no. And I, I had said to him, listen, if you come back, I'm going to have to give you a criminal trespass order because, you know, you're, you're bothering my, my customers. You're not really listening to me. Um, and I can tell you're not in, in need of of services, you you just want comfort from someone else's phone or money. Uh, so he left. I went back to bed. <laughs> what time is it now? Now, now, oh, it's probably like two o'clock. In the oh, morning. two o'clock. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Four o'clock in the morning. Oh, I get another phone call about the same man. He had just stolen donuts from the business next to me, uh, the donut shop next to me, and as they were loading them because they deliver, they do all their morning deliveries. So they're loading them into the truck, and he steals a whole, a whole 
order off, like off. What kind the were they? Do we know? You know, I, okay. I'll I'll let you know. There okay, they yep. were jelly. There was some jelly involved. Love the, jelly. The only and the reason I know that these wonderful donuts that are jelly were stolen is because he video surveillance of this man popped up in a different building in the downtown. Uh, where the locks had been, had been broke. I'm not sure if he broke them off, but they had been broken off. Right, right. And he's on their surveillance, and he has... Je- the, there are the donuts <laughs> right there with jelly all across the top of it. Uh, there was a, you know, a, lot of, a lot of discussion whether it was jelly versus blood because there were also drugs, oh, oh, oh. a little baggie of drugs right next on to it. On the video. On the video, right next to the box of donuts uh, in the hallway. And, um, wow. yeah, so they explained that that all turned up later, but they explained to me, uh, the owner of the business, he said, who's also my tenant. And he said, this is what happened. I don't know that they're not going to pursue this already had no Meaning faith. The police are the not, police are not going this. to pursue this. I said, I already discussed that with this man earlier at one thirty in the morning that he was not welcome here and needed a criminal trespass order if he came back right it's obvious we need that now we need to call the police and he looked hopeful we're i mean we're standing there 4 30 in the morning now so i called franklin the police department and i spoke with an officer and he was not willing to come down at all he was he was in my opinion did not care he said i have another call i can't come there right now I said, well, I, the, the man is still here, local, in this area. I really feel you should come down and address this crime. No, I'm, we're not doing that. Um, I'll come later. I said, well, what about the criminal trespass order? Right. I would like to have him served with that at the very least to prevent further crime. You'll have to come up to the police department and get them yourself. I was a little, I was in disbelief, complete disbelief. But I said, fine. I hung up the phone. I'm not sure if he didn't believe that I was actually coming, but I went, put on my coat, changed out of my pajamas, and I I went up to the police department where he was not even present. And I'm looking. There wait, is, wait, the guy you spoke to on the phone? On the phone was not even present at the police department. He just told me to get the criminal trespass orders. Right. So I'm talking to the dispatcher uh, who did not even get up, and he just sat from across the hallway and said, he's not around. I said, well, he sh- you know, told me to come here and get these criminal trespass orders so I could see through your glass. So can I have those right. so that I can fill them out and give them to him if he ever shows up at the laundromat to pursue the Simple crime that's request. going on there? At least there. you went there, you lived, give me the forms, right. and I'll, I'll nope, fill I them out. No, I can't give it to you, he says. No, you got to get those from an officer directly. I said, well, the officer told me to come here. And he's not there. And he's not there. Right. Uh, so he... He wouldn't get, I waited. I said, fine, I will wait. Now, when I pulled up, I took a video. There was all cruisers and, and all the cruisers were almost accounted in present. Um, but in they, the parking in lot. In the parking lot. And you had been told that there was and another the, call there was another. Busy? No, I, you could see one had left. Okay. But there's quite a few cruisers and I'm going, okay, there'll be another officer inside. Nope, I stayed there for over 20 minutes waiting. Not a single officer came out. The other officer was nowhere to be seen my night guy calls me a little I, I think it was like 4.15 uh, no it was actually 
450. I'm getting tired just listening to these yeah, times. I know. I want my coffee. <laughs> hours later. No, yeah. it, was, it was about a half an hour later. So okay, yes. He calls me and says the police officer that just told me to come to the police department is in the laundromat. He's done with his other call. Oh. So. And now he's ready to, do, to, to issue him with a criminal trespass. And I said, well, he told me to come up here. So he can come back here now. And we can do these because I'm unable to arrest them from the control of the dispatcher. <laughs> so he did. I'm very angry at this point. Are you angry? I was angry. I have a long fuse. But I have to tell you, this back and forth was really, really, you know, a little disconcerting. Well, what happened when the officer came back? The oh, officer went back to the station so that you could maybe get those forms, Yes. Right? Okay. I, uh, what I asked him, I said, what is your protocol? For, because you instructed me to come get these forms. No other police officer here was to, was here to help me. Uh, the dispatcher refused to release them to me, and you showed up at the laundromat. I'm seeing like, you know, a pretty pr confusing display of protocol here. What is the? Can you define for me what is the protocol? Just the regular uniform policy, yes. so that you could know how to how to avoid this in the future. He had no words for me. He said, "I'm not really sure." what you're looking for. And I said, I think definition of protocol is a pretty clear request. Uh, and he said, I can tell you I wouldn't give you these criminal trespass forms if I was the dispatcher because you should get them from an officer. And I said, okay, you don't see conflict here? Uh, you told me to come here, but you weren't here. <laughs> no one else was here. How was I going to get them? You know, so. What did he, he say? He said, absolutely nothing. And I said, he said, it's also something I could take up with his chief. I said, well, I would love to. I'll be honest with you, I haven't even started to, to stir that pot yet because... With the ch Chief Goldstein, the right? Chief Goldstein. Nice guy, right? You very know, nice very guy. nice guy. Seems man. to care. Ex all the police there, you said earlier, are seem very nice. All the policemen are nice. I have nothing negative to say about their personality. I think it's just a very... Uh, there's not a, lo a lot of order at night from what I witnessed personally. Maybe someone else... Uh, but like I said, lack of protocol, in my opinion, when you send someone who you just claimed to have a crime occur. <laughs> do, do you think the problem is is so um, prevalent now that maybe there's like uh, apathy or there's the hopelessness where they don't think there's anything that could be done? So are they taking that kind of attitude? Or, I think um, he was, he didn't appear apathetic when I was in the waiting room wanting to know about protocol. He seemed very... Defensive. Right. Yes. Um, I think in my, from what I looked at, the number of cars versus the officers, I'm thinking there's an understaffed issue. Um, maybe it's not in their budget to have more than one police officer policing 8,000 people on a Sunday night. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Maybe, and um, I can I can see that. Right. right? There's a, a tight budget. It's a small city. Um, yeah. But there was somebody on duty to maybe reach out and help you, and, and you got no satisfaction a out of that. Absolutely nothing. He also couldn't confirm when the criminal trespassing order that I just filled out for him, what, after he gave it to me, would be delivered. So you filled it out? Have you, have you heard since Not then? Not since. Well, how long ago was that? That was on the 29th. Okay, so that's about a week uh, and a half No, nope, 28th. Yeah. Sunday. And you haven't heard anything. Let me let me ask you this. You have taken it beyond that and tried to help um, by uh, organizing. You've you've actually uh, organized a couple of groups that have evolved through the last year or two. Talk about what you've what you've organized and how that's been working. 
Well, um, initially in 2017, in September of 2017, we have uh, a local page on Facebook, Franklin's Talking, and there was a social media post that generated hundreds of comments uh, about a video of a homeless man, also an addict, uh, who was dancing in the streets between the, um, the laundromat and the gas station across the street. Uh, and all over, and he was confrontationally screaming. He was he was clearly under the influence of something. Uh, that I listened to people the back and forth for, and I, I read of, it of for, the confrontation uh, for between the dancing homeless guy and people and local residents reacting to this video, and the comments ranged. They were horrific in range, and I finally said, "If you don't like it, start something," and I I said, "I will start something." If you're interested, let's redirect, let's leave this post. This is tired and old and beat up. Let's start a new post that's more positive on helping people in Franklin because there were a great many people who wanted to help this individual and others like him. Um, and then I said, let's get rid of the naysayers and start something positive. So I didn't know what to do. I didn't know that it would evolve. So I just labeled a page called Helping Franklin. And I said, let's put all our comments on that. And there was, there were some negative ones, but for the most part, it it was, they were they were happy people. Sounded like pe people wanted to. They wanted to, to do help. something. The we organized a meeting. Sixteen people, including Sergeant Dan Ball from the Sergeant Franklin who Dan Ball Sergeant Dan Ball from the Franklin Fra Police, Police Department, Department was there. Yep. We met above the library, and we we had everyone. Uh, we had. Um, people from every walk there. I, I had myself, my son, uh, who is 13, and then I had, we had a bus driver. We had a cab driver, who you had actually spoken with. Right. Um, we had um, Scott Burns came. I, I, it, just regular res residents. Residents. They yeah. all came to, you know, answer the call, say, Sounds yes, like this a, is an a issue. Good, a good turnout. It was a great turnout, uh, in my opinion, for a hastily, you know, organized meeting. Yeah. Uh, but um, we couldn't meet in, over the library any longer. So Judy Tilton of the Compass Classical mm. uh, Charter School, she offered us a place to meet. She actually incorporate, incorporated us into her um, curriculum almost. She had. She was great. She embraced it, um, and we had decided, you know, after meeting, we would like to start a homeless shelter. Well, as we got into it and met, uh, we had different people come. Uh, we discovered there were more homeless children in Franklin than there are homeless adults. And actually, Chief LaChapelle had told me, if you want to stem the flow of the, of the, and the growth of the homeless adults, start with the children, because in the high school, there are a lot of homeless How did you children. find out that that's, uh, maybe I'm naive, that's shocking to me. There's more homeless children in Franklin yes. than adults? Yes. There's about, I would count about 40 homeless adults um, in, in Franklin right now. I, between couch surf surfing right. for the winter and actually outside. There are people in tents uh, living in their cars. Uh, the, I just helped uh, the homeless outreach in the Department of Health and Human Services. They were conducting their point in time, like a pit count. Um, 
trying to find and I, I help them locate different people uh, and get them registered because the city of Franklin, I believe in November, told me there were only two outside homeless people, which I thought was... They said two. Two. The, they, uh, that was is that the new math or something? Apparently. That, what is that? Yeah, two. <laughs> I, maybe that's the only... Yes, exactly. Okay. Um, they, they do move around. It's hard to find them, but they're, they're outside. Um, more children than adults. More children than these, adults. So these are like kids who do go to... Are they going they to go school? They go to school for... The services that the you know that the school and the state provides, they get meals. Uh, chief Lachapelle had actually former Chief Lachapelle, right. he had actually helped start the Karma Corner. Uh, that was another person who came to our Helping Franklin, which evolved to Advocates of Transition meetings. It was a teacher, the art teacher um, Lauren Pearsall. She would come to them. She goes, I'm worried about my students. They are cold. They have no place to go. So she's an art teacher. She what, was. She has left. What school was she at? At Franklin High School. So she's at the high school, and some of her students she knows are she homeless? She knows, yes. And she she wanted, she was, she said, if you're going to start a homeless shelter, start this homeless shelter for the children first. Uh, the acting mayor, uh, Clarenbach, had, had come in and sat in one of our meetings uh, after Mayor Merrifield had stepped down, um, he came and he said, I agree, but you, you you should focus on one. You can't do a homeless shelter for adults and for children, but if you're going to help anyone, start with the children. <laughs> the only issue with that is there are so many laws to protect the children's identities, and it's really difficult. That's when we decided we would change our tacts and so instead of, we had to become more known in the community, so we started doing things. Um, and s instead of trying, you know how hard it is to, to put together a board, it's extremely dry, it's extremely tedious and time consuming and getting a person to, right. to you know, it, we sort of, we said, you know what, let's become more known, establish a base in Franklin, um, and raise awareness before we even can get to that level. And it was really disappointing for me. I, I took that hard. Um, I had my son come to these meetings. I had, and to... The, strat I, the strategy is to raise awareness first. Yes. And then work on organizing, organizing a board and maybe a solution down the road. Yes. Let's get the word out that to, to tell people how serious this is. Right. And that didn't go they, well? Well, um, the city of Franklin, they, I spoke with yeah. the welfare department, the city manager. I went in front of uh, the city council countless times. They know I, I've been dubbed the help, the homeless lady, the, the lady from the laundromat. She's helping the homeless. Um, that's fine. I don't, I don't mind. <laughs> but I, I was... Well, what kinds of responses are you getting when you're trying to get the word out well, to um, officials? They... The mayor literally said to me, and he's a nice man too, all nice people. Nice people. He said, send anybody who's inquir inquiring about this um, and helping the homeless to the uh, city manager, Judy Milner. And I said, okay. And I've spoken with Judy on countless occasions. Um, and she has said, you know, there's liability. There's no funding. Um, send them to the churches. That's a lot to burden churches with because churches are also depending on their congregations. 
So you're basically putting it on the people of Franklin who attend the churches. Right. Um, right. And I think they could do better. Uh, I think the city could do better. They, when I was looking, I was, I was, I was a little upset because I discovered um, in perusing various articles about this on my spare time that the city of Concord has formed a, a, a group. Um, a steering committee to to address this very issue, and they have statements. They have um, with a, a document um, defining what's what could have been written for Franklin, um, and and I posted it on Franklin's talking, and I said, look at this. They have um, a, a committee staff. They have consultants. That even, this is the part that really kills me because a lot of people um, say we don't want our tax dollars to go up. And right in this this um, steering committee that's created in Concord, it says funding to support the work of the Concord Steering Committee to end homelessness was generously provided by the Granite United Way, the New Hampshire Charitable Foundation, the Rotary Club of Concord, and the American Friends Service Committee. So that doesn't sound like taxpayer dollars to me. And if it's in Concord and they started a steering committee there, why couldn't someone from Franklin start a committee to communicate with them? Bring it up the road. What is it? Maybe 13, 14 miles? It's not far. Not far. Not far. Because I'll tell you, a lot of the, the homeless in Concord, um, they go back and forth. They're, they, they, they go from Manchester to Concord to to Franklin, to Laconia, right. Um, right. it's to, in the general continuum of care. That maybe that's why they have a continuum of care. So, um, well, where, where are you? Where are you at currently in terms of, you know, progressing with with some type of uh, community effort or organization? Have you made strides recently? I have, I have tried uh, to participate in community efforts for uh, Pastor Preston at the Methodist Church in Franklin had a, a food drive. So I have my, my Christmas tree, Christmas decorations, and I put out a box and I put out the word um, using, using social media and my mouth <laughs> to um, please help me participate in this food drive. And the residents that showed up, I, I was so pleased and proud of my local community because they answered the call. They brought, most lately, just recently, um, they ha brought clothing to the laundromat, warm clothes. When that freeze was about to hit, I was in a panic. Uh, people were saying, do you have tents? Do you have certain items? And they, they really rose to the occasion and brought them down. Um, they're willing to show up wherever. I just wish that that local enthusiasm could be reciprocated on behalf of the city, who is, they are more focused on their local downtown revitalization. Yeah, talk about that. That's a big project with a lot of money involved, and it's important, uh, but it is kind of uh, missing uh, certain areas that need help. But talk about the revitalization and how that is a, a it's a good thing. It is a great thing. But it's thing. bypassing, you know, other problems. It is. I think you need a, you need a foundation. You need to build on a foundation first. And they're, they're, they're sort of jumping steps here because 
I'm a small business owner. Uh, Chubbles next door. They're a small business. Owner. We have all. We have a lot of small businesses. Um, Central Sweets Candy. I, that's that's sort of infamous right now. They're being displaced uh, by this local, you know, this downtown revitalization effort. Uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, they were counting on the city is counting on this downtown revitalization to turn things around. Um, in fact, um, Perma City Life led, you know, I believe it was it was started by uh, Todd Workman. His, I have a, a quote from an article before he had said, and this is in quotes, you know the homeless population, the opioid crisis, making sure we have a quality school system. All those things are important. He also said, we have to stick up, s- stick to our skill set I mean, we're here as a catalytic downtown development organization. So here, end quote, here the city is depending on this downtown revitalization. Here we have a man who sort of spearheaded that or that that revitalization, and he's great. He's dynamic. He's in, he just he'll bring everybody in. He can, but he's saying right here, we're not going to address the homeless population. We're not going to address the opioid crisis, and we're not going to address. Uh, our quality school system. That's those are that's three huge deficits. But you're going to build a Whitewater Park, um, right? It sounds like uh, there are there are layers below that revitalization that are important. But right. they're going to just kind of dress it up and Correct. maybe get some tourism dollars, which is needed. That's great. It's this, needed too. That the unspoken problems are just going to sometimes remain unspoken. And address the little people here. You know, we're the we're the, the downtown. Businesses, businesses, yeah, um, and then we're the residents, and we are the people in the within the congregations. You want to bear this burden? I mean, how much can you expect the the local person to bear um, when you you could do a little bit better? You could put together a committee. I mean, you could even just make it look like it. <laughs> but in fact, they're denying it exists. Now, I haven't gotten the numbers for the latest point in time um, count by the Department of Health and Human Services, but I'm I'm thinking it's more than two. I think I would bet I'd put a few <laughs> bucks down and say yeah. it's more than two. Yeah. Are you getting toward the Are you getting to the point where you're frustrated that you're you're thinking of a you know abandoning ship, throwing up your hands and saying, oh, no. "Can somebody else do it?" No, because these people that I'm throwing out, and I'm having altercations with. Oh, they you know, must love you. They, you know, oh, it's the big mouth laundromat lady, yeah. everybody scatter. Right, well, yeah. even even the homeless people that I'm having altercations with, you know, those are someone's kids. Those are someone's family, someone's aunt, uncle, brother, sister. I, I have seen, I know their parents, I know their children. Oh, really? I do, oh. I do, and it is heartbreaking. And I, I don't, I had all of our... Um, cars broken into in the back of the laundromat uh, back in November and I had a choice and I remember saying to I was really angry um, but I had a choice should I punish the entire homeless population for the acts of one or two desperate people I mean is that really fair and I I made a choice say no I can't bring this down I can't let this bring me to that level did I turn a blind? I know I was angry, but I also said that doesn't mean so and so doesn't deserve the help that they need just because someone else did. I mean that doesn't really work. 
it sounds like you, you have to strike a balance between having a heart and compassion and also if someone crosses a certain line, bringing, <laughs> trying to bring the law into it right. or the criminal complaint. Well, so you, exactly. have to be, you have to be compassionate and you also have to be um, tough right. at the same time. Well, you do. And that's, like I said, those two anecdotes we had spoken to. Right. Two, right. Same situation, two homeless people in the laundromat two different outcomes trying to get somebody the help that he obviously uh needed and was asking for and then the other guy trying to fill out a criminal complaint where you got not much help from franklin correct 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 and they could have helped they could have in my opinion they could have helped because they had him earlier in the day they they gave him the white they gave him a little white box of food yes why didn't they counsel him on services then Maybe they did. Uh, but why didn't they say, listen, there's an emergency winter shelter? Instead, now he's down, down, you know, in the downtown area, stealing donuts off of a, jelly. Off of a truck. Jelly donuts right. off of a truck. Some of the best jelly donuts I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, why, why couldn't they have been a little bit more proactive? What if there was an, a go-between uh, where there's... You know, a caseworker. Hey, we just released so and so. He's homeless. What? What can you do? Is there a way that we can prevent, you know, mayhem on the street later at one thirty in the morning with our local business owners? Right. Two business owners were affected uh, that evening. So, and ultimately, the police department themselves were called. Yes. That is. So why? It's first you have to admit the problem exists. Then you have to say, how can we do this smarter, not harder? And, and that's my issue, um, because I feel like the city could acknowledge and pursue some sort of effort uh, to remediate. Any meetings that you want to announce that are coming up to talk about anything? I don't have any meetings at the moment. Uh, we had our city council meeting, and I, I, I couldn't attend it last night. Um, but I am pretty active on the social media pages, so if there is something coming up, I will... Um, Post it. Post it, but yeah. I always encourage people to go to your city council meetings. Mm-hmm. They're great. Mm-hmm. Um, not even just about the homeless. You find about everything. It's right. But so. certainly um, the homelessness, the homeless problem would be addressed at those meetings, especially if, if you're there. Correct. Well, I do. I am going. I would like to address them directly and request a steering committee. I mean, why not? Why? Why? Why not ask? All right. I can say is no, right. again. So between yeah, again, <laughs> so between the meetings and on uh, social media, people can find out um, what the status is. They can call where me. You're at. They can call you my, my because phone. you do get a lot of calls I after calls. one, two, and four yeah. in the morning. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You can message me on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, I have Central Street Laundromat as the as a Facebook page, and most people ha- just directly can um, contact me under Desiree Dominguez McLaughlin. So, um, I am open to any communication, you know, civil, preferred. (laughs) It's preferable, yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, we are about out of time, but I did want to say again, Desiree, that uh, it's 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 a great thing you're doing. I mean, it's a lot of work, it's a lot of time, it's a lot of stress. Um, Sometimes you're running into the homeless people. I would, I imagine you're nervous sometimes. 
if there's a confrontation going on. I, yeah, I mean, I you know, always... You're in your pajamas. Yeah, I am in my pajamas, in and pajamas. I couldn't get a police officer. I had already been broken into in November, all of our cars, so right. I went back there right. into our, our parking lot in the dark, you know, with just myself to make sure nobody was breaking into... Mm. You know, my building is my responsibility. I have seven tenants there. I, I need to make sure, mm. you know, that they're not being broken into. That's my responsibility. Yeah. Um, well, going above and beyond, I think that um, there's no easy solution for the homeless problem, but it's no. got to start somewhere. And you're you're definitely in on the ground floor trying. Uh, great work, really. And Thank thanks you. for coming in. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Bye.